0: everyone today we are talking about the power of noticing or as our guest andrea mayfield describes it environmental scanning this topic is so interesting to me it's how to use your observation and your curiosity to better understand any situation i love this conversation so helpful and i hope you will too enjoy Welcome, everybody. I am so excited today. We are going to talk about a super interesting topic, the power of noticing, and also the perfect guest to help us explore that a little bit. I have known Andrea Mayfield for a very long time. And let me just tell you who she is and all her expertise she brings. Andrea is the principal and co-founder of the Eli Group, She is a master at bringing out the best in senior leaders and has been an executive coach to some of the top leaders in the top organizations in the country and globally. She is also known as an executive coach, consultant, keynote speaker on leadership impact or culture, building a collaborative workplace. And the other thing I have to mention real quick, Andrea, is Andrea is uh, the co-founder of what an amazing women's leadership lab that has been in place for a number of years. And I know a lot of people that have been through it and probably over 300 alumni from some of the greatest organizations and people have gotten so much out of that experience. So thank you for that. I'm going to stop. What have I missed, Andrea,
1: the drive-by of your story here? Yes, no, wonderfully told. And yes, serving all those capacities of of executive coaching and leading top talent programs within organizations. I guess the only interesting tidbit, maybe not that you missed it, but with the Leadership Lab, because we've been running the program consistently since 07, what's been really fun for us is that we now have a, a next-gen almost from that. So In a recent cohort, of the lab, 80% of that cohort actually had bosses who had come through the lab at some point earlier. So that's just an interesting tidbit that we're having a lot of fun with in running a couple cohorts a year of the lab itself. And
0: you can't get a better endorsement for that being such a great program than that example. So thank you for for sharing that. I wanna set up this topic of the power of noticing. Andrew and I were actually, I think we were having wine uh, several weeks ago and you started to tell me about this topic and how in your leadership programs and in your coaching, you're you're talking more about this power of noticing. I was fascinated by it because it's kind of a new twist on some of the things that we all think about, how to show up well and have impact and connect, et cetera. So I want to start off by just What is this power of noticing? What
1: made you actually start thinking about it? Yeah, fantastic. The noticing itself, I think, is really a nuance and it's a combination of of looking and seeking and sort of a, a form of environmental scanning, but also very different in terms of the exact skill. And so to your question of sort of why now is I have a, an adult daughter who recently uh, got into her first nursing job and through her training, she's talked a lot about the way that they were prepared and developed, in now our words, is to notice. So if you think about sort of the most exquisitely trained professionals in noticing, I think it's nurses because that is their main job is to read a body and listen to a voice and hear the words and hear the environment described for that patient and to either diagnose disease or to see opportunity for that patient. And so I think uh, personally, I've become very intrigued over the last couple of years of what is this skill. And then of course, because I professionally apply that with leaders in my work, I've been very intrigued with thinking about what is the leadership skill of noticing? Who's doing it well? What does it look like? and, And to your point, how do we articulate actually what is noticing and what's the difference between someone just moving through their day and moving through conversations and meetings and influencing things and how would we do that better if we had brought this sort of elevated skill of noticing to that process? You know, I love your term environmental
0: scanning because the other thing I'm assuming that like a nurse, a nurse might not just rely on what you are saying, but also looking at cues of the body and what are the other diagnostics. I mean, talk a little bit about that, that noticing kind of being holistic and maybe not just what I might be telling you.
1: Absolutely. For me, the noticing is soaking up data right, in all of the ways that we soak up data. And so it's through, of course, what we can read physically, you know, facial expressions in the last, what, 18 months, I think it's been even more challenging because we're not necessarily in conference rooms. We're, again, soaking up that data. We're having to work a lot harder to notice now. So, but I think it is in in face and, and how people hold their bodies. I think it's in in word choice and in word tone. So it's sort of the, you know, it's the verbal, vocal, and visual. All three are ways that we pull together noticing. And of course we do some of it intuitively, right? Just being present in conversations. But what I have found is that once we call this out as a skill to work on and be even more deliberate about it, we sort of turn the volume dial up on it. We just gather that much more data. And then we can use that data. You can use it. Okay. And you said verbal. What's the difference between verbal vo- and vocal? So verbal would be sort of the transcript, if you will, A- actual you. word choice. Vocal mm-hmm. would be tone. And then visual is what I'm reading from, from you visually, face or body.
0: And which of those do you think, just in, as you all are beginning to look more at this, which of those do you think is used least often or the one we often forget the most or is there can you generalize that way
1: you know i think that's kind of stylistic i think some people are attuned to different kinds of things i think some people who are very attuned to visual don't notice necessarily the verbal or the exact words and so that's sort of the to me this is the opportunity for skill development is thinking about yourself thinking about you know maybe even if we just those use those three as categories what are you most attuned to? What do you collect as data? And then how do you stretch the muscles a little bit of trying to say you're a visual person that you, you really read facial expressions or you read body language? How do you turn up that volume a little bit on hearing tone and what that data is giving you and or word choice? A great example recently is I I spoke with a colleague that I've been working on this with, and she told me that with a group she's been working with, she's noticed that a lot of them are using the word hope. Now, you know, we're all sort of using that word lately, a hopefully optimistic frame that we we hope we'll be able to do things and and versus before we used to say we were planning on doing things but in the workplace the conversation i'm having with her is hmm if a lot of their leadership is using the word hope a lot what does that mean what data does that give us around sort of their understanding of the key strategy or belief that they have enough data you know i think it's just a cue or a clue maybe more appropriately around something to dig in on because no Noticing is just the first step that gives us the data, but then we've got to dig in and see what is there a pattern there? What is that data telling us?
0: And I'm going to go out on a limb and bet you would not have had that anything like that in this coaching conversation. If you hadn't been talking about noticing the fact that she picked a word that everyone was
1: using a lot. Absolutely. Exactly. And so I think I, I bring that out because I think of the three, we missed the words, the most, right? We're, we're least attuned to word choice. I think we're more attuned to visual and to vocal because we, we know when someone's tone sounds angry or frightened or whatever, or defensive. But I think the word choice is one that we do often miss, which again, if we're noticing patterns, particularly of word choice, it gives us wonderful data.
0: Yeah, I think it's interesting too, and you talk about the visual, well, actually all three, given how virtual we've been and how virtual we'll probably stay. And like you said a minute ago about it, you're not always in the conference room, you're not always in the meeting room with people together. A couple of weeks ago, we were on with a client and we were just trying to finalize you know, this project that we were going to do. And it so happened that afternoon, he was in charge of the kids. There was no one there but him, two kids and a dog. And you could just tell, very distracted. And mm-hmm. so I've already been thinking about this topic because you and know, I have been talking about it. And, you know, you kind of, our instincts sort of told us we need to get to the headlines. He's normally what have been an hour conversation, yes. probably get down to about 15 minutes because he is hanging by a thread trying to keep it all together. So all of a sudden we took a very different approach. And I wonder, is that... Is that part of noticing? And what do you think about this virtual element? Because it's that's a new twist.
1: Absolutely. So yes, I think that's noticing because I think you were deliberately looking. Like if you were not noticing, you could have just plowed through your agenda as you had planned, right? But you right. you took a heightened view of what am I seeing? What am I hearing? What's happening in this landscape? And then how do I alter it? And I, I think that is noticing because you have to be actively looking for that or it will still be there, but you won't see it. You know, the the sort of the age old example, I think of some of this is that notion of when someone buys a new car. So let's just say you recently bought a, I don't know, a new white Nissan, whatever, right? And right. you drive off the parking lot and, and then all of a sudden you see them everywhere, right? That same model, <laughs> yeah. that same paint color, all of a sudden, oh my gosh, everyone's just bought this. And Actually probably not right same amount as were there the day before, but all of a sudden you are looking for it and so you are are noticing it so I think what what you know the this this again volume dial up on the skill of noticing is to take a more active looking for the data that is there mm-hmm.
0: is it like looking for signals and subtle clues that aren't right in your face but they're Small differences, somebody that handles something differently than they would have for the past year or something like that. Is it those small cues that you're that you have to pause to be just aware of?
1: Yes, and I think, and then using the data that that provides you, right? I think a perfect example right now, and I know cameras on, cameras off is is a controversial issue these days, but another client recently was telling me that she's doing a lot of mentoring because some of her employees, you know, they'll be on with one of the, on on screen with one of the say C-suite executives, and that executive will have his or her camera on, and that is a moment in a meeting which your camera should also be on. Right. Yeah. So, but people, you know, see that screen, and some of her employees are are not are not getting that clue. <laughs> They're leaving theirs off still. So I think again, the data is always there for us, right? It's really a matter of are we looking from that perspective to notice the clues that are available to us, and then in, then letting that be a guide.
0: So okay, yeah, and what that that. that that topic, that's a common conversation about, it you know, is. screen on screen off and what that means, or if you like it, or if you don't some like, why am I on my screen? And then we've got these three other people. Are you still there? Because I can't see you. Exactly. So that's an issue. So like, as an example, if someone is practicing noticing, what are they doing differently? What are we doing differently? If we're much more in tune to this topic?
1: Yeah, I think it's It's a deliberate focus, and, and I'm going to use the word curious. I think curiosity is the essential attribute for us all for development, honestly, right, in general. And I think it applies here in this practice of noticing as well, is that, that we allow sort of or generate the curiosity of what are we seeing, what is around us, and then again, how do we use that? So, you know, I think we can, and many of us do, you know, kind of move through the day, you know, conversation to conversation and and very busy and very pressed for time. And and we're executing well, but we're not sort of taking and allowing our curiosity to be maybe indulged a bit, right? And saying, well, what else are we seeing? To your point about the description of the meeting you had recently where you did sort of a knife-edge shift on the agenda and how you were Addressing the the topics that needed decisions is I think that this practice of noticing is again is is looking differently. It's, it's looking for data that's going to enable us to react or respond in a way that then uses that information versus just charging on without it.
0: Yeah, and I think you know I love the the your term environmental scanning. So the hard part might be acting on it. Right. And and I think our pace is very, very important. It affects everything we do. Right. So many things you, you might think about, but well, I'm busy, I'm busy, I'm busy. So I'm curious about how do you get, you've got the first step, which is being, you're in doing the environmental scanning, you're looking at what's around you. And then how do you flip that trigger to say, okay, now what do I do with this information? And even mentally going through that thought process, how do you, how do you do
1: it? Yeah, I think some categories are helpful even to think about how to look, right, and how to do that scan. So with some of our clients, we use the sort of categories of projects, people, strategy, just three very broad buckets, right? But that that help guide our behavior in a lot of ways. For instance, just just as an example of how we use those categories, you know, I'll work with a client on, you know, in a 60-minute meeting, are you proportionally using time to talk about projects, people, strategy, or are you all, are are all 60 minutes talking about the projects? Just for an example of how we use these buckets, right? So we use them in our coaching work to really help people think about, what am I talking about? What am I thinking about? What am I influencing on? on how do I spend my time? And I also think they're extremely useful in this notion of developing skill around noticing because it helps us guide to, and what are we looking at differently to your point around the scanning, right? What am I scanning for data? So if I'm, I'm sort of trying to turn up noticing in projects, at the project level of work, if you, if you will. You know, I'm, I'm looking at the, at the work and how it's being executed. I'm looking at all of the ways in which my people around me are working. If I'm noticing at the people level, there's a whole variety of things here. Here's where I get into, am I noticing, you know, my team members, am I attending to sort of their tone and their, the visual, right, and, and what they need? If it's, you know, the people, I think the example I gave of noticing if you're on a screen meeting and the C-suite execs have their camera on, that's a great time to put yours on. It doesn't have to be on in every meeting, but that's a moment, that's data, right? So that's yeah. noticing. So that would be for me a people you know, I'm attending to what the people around me are doing and I'm using that data. And then, of course, strategy. For me, my example of my colleague who is noticing that some of her leaders are using the word hope a lot. For me, that's it could be sort of a people, but that's much more of a strategy bucket of what are people talking about? What are words are they using to describe how they're thinking about the strategies that we're driving? So, I find that, again, because to your point of environmental scanning, it's, it, there's a lot, right? We see and hear and feel and soak up a lot. So I think this notion of being more deliberate around what even kind of category am I trying to notice more and differently can be helpful in getting going.
0: Yeah. And I think, you know, it's funny because I feel like obviously I have a consulting business. A lot of our clients are in high volume. So are yours, where they're, I mean, they're literally, especially this year. So the demands are so great that there's so much focus on the work. What is the work? What is the project to your point? That, you know, if you're in a really fast paced environment, how do you turn up your noticing? And awareness, even when your pace is really, really fast. Because it feels like that busyness could be a tension against being more, you know, more of a noticer, if you will.
1: I think absolutely. And also, and I would use busy and drained as two different things, right? I think we can be busy and full energy, we can also be busy and be drained. So I think a, a big barrier to noticing right now is busyness, but it's also drained. I think that in general, in the ways in which people are working, you know, work is always tired because it's always busy and there's there's always intense situations. But I think that where we are just from an environment right now is people are also sort of uniquely drained. And that is a huge barrier to noticing because when we are drained of energy, we're sort of just getting through the day <laughs> and we, we might be getting through the day and performing exceptionally, but we're just kind of getting through the day yeah. and noticing takes extra energy because we're looking differently than we would otherwise. And so I think that you know it's absolutely understandable that many are drained right now because we're in a period of you know, from my frame, a kind of resiliency, right? So we're having yeah. to to continually bounce ourselves back and pick ourselves up. And that cycle is one that drains energy. And so, you know, part of also the practice of noticing is I think fueling yourself in terms of energy as well. And so if you're just absolutely flat out drained, the, to get the energy to also notice is going to feel too much, so almost before we back up to noticing, we've got to talk about fueling energy and then and bringing that to conversations and to meetings and getting through the workday in a way that you're also enabling yourself to notice.
0: Yeah. And I think, you know, actually, this is and I, one of the things I'm thinking about is as you talk to your coaching clients, and I know the, uh, your leadership programs that you do, what's the benefit? of somebody increasing their ability to notice? What is it going to do for them? You mentioned just now, you feel like there's a connection to energy. Yeah. What else is that going to do for them if they are more aware and doing the environmental scan?
1: So for me, it's moving from checkers to chess right? I think yeah. even yeah. without noticing, most people are skilled and at the levels, you know, in the workplace that they are at the leadership level, they can roll out of bed and do a pretty good day. <laughs> right? yeah. So yeah. play a pretty good checkers game, good moves, some good decisions. Absolutely. What I think noticing does is enables you to play more checkers. So it enables you to read the landscape differently. You know, in checkers, every piece moves the same, And we actually know that's not real in organizations, right? Organizations are indeed a chess board where every player is moving differently. But if you're going to actually see that and know how to use that data, it takes noticing, right? So right there, we've got same game board, checkers move, you know, players move the same, chess, they move differently. And we know that's the reality. But when we are drained, when we are overly busy, when we are not noticing, we are playing checkers. And so to what it does for you is it elevates you to be able to see that the board is actually has chess players on it that move in very different directions that you've got to think through three moves out to influence truly at that higher level and therefore your leadership impact is going to be different.
0: Yeah, and it, you know, also I think, and you touched on this—the impact of relationships, whether you have a team reporting to you or relationship with your boss, or for I think about in our case with clients. Yeah, you know, that is also just more awareness of what's going on with this person, what is happening, what cues am I picking up that maybe if I'm just focused on the work, I might miss. So I'm wondering, is is there that element to in terms of being connected and relationships.
1: Yes. And the frame I would put in that is, again, because I think a, you know, a leader's job, n- no matter the technical gifts, is that of influence, right? A leader's main purpose is to influence. And by influence, I mean to shift the way people think, the way they feel, and what they do right? That that is the leader's role. And so in shorthand, I would call that head, heart, hands, right? Head, what they think, heart, how they feel, and I'll get there in a minute, and hands, what they do. And so, you know, in order based on exactly what you just said, if I am going to, you know, if I'm going to influence the head, so to speak, the intellect, I can bring the business case, right? And and the hands, the behaviors, I can help illustrate for people what needs to be done. But if I'm going to get the heart, meaning understanding how people are motivated and helping to articulate what's in it for them to get on board with whatever I'm trying to get them to do, I'm going to need to notice and understand them individually and as a group so that I can also influence that piece of motivation.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. So is there, there is that, that people element, no matter what your relationship is. You know, the other thing I keep thinking about is, you know, we've all heard so much about mindfulness, yeah, emotional intelligence for many, many years. That's been a conversation, listening the importance. How do you think about noticing when you throw all those other things in the pot too? What's the relationship to some of those other things that we've been talking a lot about over the last few years?
1: Absolutely. And I, I mean, I, I agree. I think those are all absolutely sort of pieces of this puzzle, right? I mean, I think that the emotional challenge piece is understanding yourself and be in that awareness piece of understanding yourself and others and being able to calibrate around that the essential, right, as our tool and what we bring in. So for me, I'm, I'm going to go back to adding that other word of curiosity, because I think that for me, that is the attribute or the what pulls all those together. So in order to notice, I have to be curious, right? Because I need to look a little differently, listen a little differently. And I that comes from a source of curiosity. And then I think I have to let that Continue to flow, so I have to be curious to look and see, and then I have to, you know, keep pushing on sort of the "tell me more" or "let me think more" or "let me look at that more," in terms of really then being able, able to make sense of what I'm noticing, and then to your point, your great question originally and then get some action planning around what I notice.
0: Mm-hmm. You know, and the other thing that I'm, I'm thinking about as you are talking is, you know, this ties back to if I'm totally focused internally. Am I going to come across good? Are they going to like me? Is it going, am I going to be impressive? Am I going to get an A plus? Am I going to make a big impact? If if I'm totally inwardly focused, I'm not going to be noticing. It feels like that is the d- yes. direct conflict to what you're, you can't be curious and then inwardly absorbed, hoping everybody, you know, you get the stamp of approval that you're looking for,
1: you know? I think that's very well said. I, exactly. Is that if I am thinking about, Myself and how I'm showing up at that moment, then I'm inwardly focused. And to your well st- stated point, noticing is externally focused yeah. in this context, right? I think we could have a different conversation about noticing about yourself as well. But really, the context we're talking about is that externally focused one. Yeah. And back to your example of kind of how this whole idea really got
0: started with you, with your, your daughter being a nurse and recognizing that all the cues that nurses look for. They're getting looking at multiple inputs. And it sounds like, you know, you can't really do that if you're always just. In, you know, focused inwardly.
1: Exactly, right. And again, right. A g- great, great bookend. It's around that multiple, multiple points, right? So we're not, you know, just looking, we're, we're viewing and we're seeking to use two words that come out of the environmental scanning kind of methodology, right? right. We're viewing what is right in front of us, but we're also seeking more. We're looking mm-hmm. for more clues that are going to tell us what is happening and then what we do about it. Yeah, it's a little bit like a little researcher mindset. yes,
0: absolutely. It is, absolutely. It is. So, one thing I wanted to ask you about that's kind of related to this is, I was actually talking to a client this morning, and you will. This is a common thing, especially for leaders moving to a certain level. And her comment was that her big development area is executive presence, mm-hmm. and you know where I'm going to go with this. So, you know, kind of that, you know, take charge, be a force in the room, make sure that you are a very visible contributor, et cetera, et cetera. So I was, it's funny because I was thinking about our conversation this afternoon as, as she and I were talking, I thought, huh, now how do I put what she's being challenged to develop, which seems very common yeah. for people at a certain level. And then you put that together with this noticing, did they fit together? Are they two separate things? How do you think about it?
1: Yeah, I think you can use noticing to develop that sense of executive presence. Because for me, executive presence is, again, is is how are we showing up? How do others experience us, right? How are we impacting others? And just to be, you know, a little bit simplified in it to make it concrete is if we'll go back to projects, people, strategy, right? For me, executive presence is that I am really impacting, talking about, thinking about all of those together and how they fit together. What I find in in numbers of clients I've worked with over the years is that when someone says you need to develop executive presence, it's often because they've, they're still living in the project. So they're still talking very much about the projects and they're talking about what's happening at that level. And they're not using their voice and using time with others to really display an understanding and which they always have right it's about what you make visible to others an understanding of the notion of tying in high more of the strategy level and then again people either development or deployment of projects to people so yes I think noticing in this in kind of using back to the metaphor of going from checkers to chess is is I think a Part of that development of executive presence is being able to read the landscape and then apply that reading of the landscape to how you showed up. And you need noticing to really see that landscape in its fullest.
0: Yeah, I think that's interesting because I think, too, the other connection would be talking about reading the landscape is reading the room, right? How many times have you been presenting something or whatever, and you can see that you're probably giving way too much detail to the people who want the headline or vice versa. Like you're, and you're, you know, the, the distraction or maybe they're not with you. Well, okay, maybe I need to change things up a little bit here. And so I can see how that kind of like understanding and reading the room, are people with you? Or if you're a speaker or whatever, you're talking to your community group, you know looking for that those verbal that verbal feedback and not just plowing ahead with whatever you prepared regardless you
1: know absolutely yes so exactly and so in reading the room that is noticing right i think that you know we call it reading the room what that actually means is again that you are noticing that you're using that curiosity to say who's on the screen who's in the room what is that data telling me about how i guide this conversation in order to have the impact that i need to have and that's executive presence from my perspective at least it leads to a good part of it
0: yeah it's you know, it's making sure that what you're bringing is going to adapt to your the people around you the audience and so on i want to talk about now if you know if somebody's listening to this and they're like this is to me i mean, obviously i think this is a fascinating topic really i do and i think like okay I buy it. I get it. What changes should I start to make at a very practical level that will help me be better at noticing? And I know you've had this conversation with the people you coach, your leadership program content. Just talk a little bit about what are those two or three, four things people could start to do tomorrow That could help them in this area.
1: Yeah. So I think, you know, I'll be extremely tactical because I think that's what you're asking for, right? Is what to go do, you know, as I literally would sort of, you know, doodle yourself a chart, a table, and put in that projects, people, and strategy buckets. And choose a specific scenario, a certain meeting, a conversation, you know, looking across your team, where, wherever that makes sense to, again, have a moment to volume dial up on noticing and catalog what you see there. So, you know, in the in the projects, which is, to your point, really the work, that's what I mean yeah. by that, right? In yeah. the tasks and mm-hmm. the projects, what do you notice? What is kind of popping out that you are seeing when you look from that perspective. You know, look at people and notice either if we're looking at your team, you know, we can be looking for, you know, engagement. We can be looking for resiliency right now. We can be looking for amount of drain and what that's gonna mean. We can be looking for what I call saying doing gaps. So, you know, who's got some saying doing gaps? And what is that doing in terms of the trust that they're building organizationally, right? There's just all different kinds of ways to notice. And that's gonna be what that person is curious about. But I think charting a couple of things that they're noticing about people, and then also strategy. What are they noticing in the way that the leaders themselves, if depending what level kind of they're in the organization at the more senior level, what are they hearing the peers talking about? What are words are we using to describe that, you know, and then down in through the organization? What are they seeing in town halls? Kind of, again, what are they noticing about the strategy? And then just pull together that picture and see, what's most interesting what's most actionable what might they go go do in terms of that sense of curiosity of of dig in more what does that first data mean back to the nurse example we we see some data what does that mean and how do i then dig in and make more sense of that
0: yeah so you're you're almost like okay put your noticing to Put it down so yeah. you can actually try to make see some patterns or make sense of it. I also loved your verbal, vocal, visual lens as well. Like, what what are the words being used? What's the tone? And visually, what am I seeing? I felt like that's also another lens. Is that is that another way somebody could go at absolutely. that? If it feels more comfortable,
1: absolutely. Yeah. And that's a great way. You know, again, pick a meeting, pick a conversation. And then reflect if, you know, if you can't do it during, which it's it's hard to do two things, right? But it, this is part of the data. But as we're building these muscles of noticing, even after the conversation, pause for a moment. And yes I think that's a great frame too. What did I see? What visually was happening on people's faces or in their bodies if we're in person? What tones were being expressed? And then and did words, was there a pattern of words that was interesting that I'm curious about to think more about? Interesting. Yeah, I could and also think
0: about your original thing about projects. I mean, I can think of one situation where one organization, you don't mention anything that isn't perfect in a group setting. Ah. Like so there might be problems, but it's all going great when we're all together and the dashboard's going to look all green. Yes. We, we know, you know what I mean? We know those situations, right? Yes. What anything else that you can think of? I love that. Like putting what you're seeing, like just putting it down. Yeah.
1: So what else could someone do? Yeah, I think that it's, um, they could also do this with others, right? So, this doesn't have to be a solo activity. I think it can be a team activity around, again, how do we, in some small group discussions or even as a team exercise, kind of, again, what are we noticing as a team? So, I think, as always, right, the power of the team is that each of us is going to see a little something different. And so, I think it can become a great team or peer conversation or having lunch with two peers and saying, you know, bringing up the subject, what are we noticing? What words are you hearing and what makes you curious, right? So so I guess that would be my other thing is this doesn't have to be isolated, one-off, just me as an individual doing it. I think it's a fantastic discussion in either teams or with peers or with managers to try to look differently together.
0: I love that too, because as you said, everybody sees things
1: differently. And
0: and also, I mean, I think about like after most meetings, I go to, and most of my team members, colleagues, we go to what to do. You do this. I'm going to do this. This is due. We go straight there. And I think what you're saying is, why not use your other skills and your power of noticing to think a little bigger and in kind of more less about just what the to-dos are and more, okay, what's happening in this situation? What is it telling you?
1: And particularly, I think a a great launching point if you're surprised by something, right? So if you as a leader are surprised by, oops, like a resignation of a top talent that you didn't see coming is always a good surprise to look into a little bit. Or as a team, if we sort of had a surprise is to say, okay, let's just pause for a minute again, not to look back with blame, but to look back with saying, what could we be noticing more in the future? So so that's a great moment for me to do a pause and say, what maybe did we miss because we weren't noticing that we just want to build skill in and looking for more in the future.
0: I also think it's a very non-threatening way to kind of like lift up and look around instead of, well, somebody's not doing this or they missed that or you screwed up on that and more like okay, let's take a more holistic view of the situation. It's not threatening. You can, everybody can talk about it and they're going to bring a different perspective. Yes, yes. I'm also, you and I, we've talked uh, mostly about the business use of this, but this is, Relevant in relationships, it's relevant in community groups, in your churches, in your any group you're part of, or any situation you're part of. I think what you're describing here, I'm just picturing really broad.
1: Applicability. I mean, is, are you thinking about it that Absolutely. same way? Absolutely. Yes. Because to your point, I think you've brought in sort of the relational aspect a number of times. And it is so, yes, because, you know, at its core, although I've talked about noticing the projects, right? But to your point, at its core, we're reading Landscape and we're then we're gathering data that then is going to be helpful to us influencing for the good of that group and those are families and partnerships and community groups and absolutely all those settings i think we can be more impactful in if we turn that volume dial up on noticing yeah. And I want to go back
0: before we finish, because we're we're almost out of time, but I want to go back to, you know, the comment you made earlier about in the virtual world that we, you're going to have to work a little harder at this, right? I mean, what, if somebody is also trying to improve, like, how can I build my muscle in this area? And yet you're almost all virtual, your team's virtual, your client's virtual, you're dealing with people on Zoom most of the time. Is it, Are you doing the same thing? You're just working a little harder?
1: I think so. And I think the senses, you know, particularly if we're not on camera, if we're just audio, right? We're having a lot of conversations that are just on phone. You know, I think for many of us, those senses have been heightened around what are we hearing? And so, yes, I think we just, at least for me, and maybe because I'm such a visual visual person that I take in so much data visually, others out there that have always been strong, kind of with the audio part, listening for tone and for word choice may not have to work as hard as the others us in the virtual environment, but I think wherever those strengths lie for people, it is just being very attuned to keying in whatever senses we've got that we can use, keying those up. And as I said, what's easy is to just focus on executing and driving the work. And whether it's audio or visual, whatever we've got at our disposal, it's just turning that up a little bit. A little bit more. I
0: also like applying the the need for noticing, even though you would in all situations. You know, we've all talked about how sometimes all day Zooms are exhausting. Staring at the screens exhausting, and so we've talked about trying to be better about does this need to be yeah on Zoom? Does it need to be virtual? Or you know, can we go old school and just have some calls on some things that are just pretty just run of the mill? And I think this is kind of a new criteria to think about. Well maybe we do need to have a face-to-face virtual on Zoom or Teams, whatever you use, because this it's important, this power of noticing. It's an important conversation. It's an important relationship that we will want to get as much, a greatest understanding as possible, you know, in this situation. I think this is kind of, that might be a different little lens to apply when you're thinking about what needs to be, you
1: know, virtual on video or on audio. Does that make sense? I think so. Absolutely. Yes. I think it's, to your point, we just have more tools than we've ever had our disposal and more, and therefore a little more onus on choosing those tools selectively. And I think that, that notion of, you know, what do I need to notice in this conversation? What am I going to be turned up on? It can be definitely one of the criteria that we use is, do I want the visual? Do I need to see people's faces? Do I need to look for agreement Or disagreement, do I need to see that in their face or can I get enough from, you know, vocal and verbal, from the tone and from the words people are using? I love it. So
0: here you're getting into a little bit of pre-planning on noticing. I'm pre-planning to make sure I I can do that environmental scale. Andrea, this is a fascinating topic, and I am so interested by it. And I I know you and I will talk again about where you're going with it. But as we close off, I just want to remind people that of your role as principal and co-founder with the Eli Group, which you can find online, and also you can find Andrea Mayfield on LinkedIn if you want to locate her, reach out
1: to her. Any other closing thoughts or any other as we wrap up today, Andrea? Wonderful. No, I've just so enjoyed it. And absolutely, just to your listeners, would love to increase my network and and develop new relationships. So would look forward to touching base and talking to anyone who would like to contact me and just really enjoy you picking on this conversation. You know, this is a nuance of leadership skill and and honestly, just interpersonal skill. And I think it's it's one that, that we don't talk about much, but is a very kind of exciting new way to really pinpoint some of the skills in environmental scanning and skills in influenced that we haven't articulated as well before. I agree. Well, thank you for bringing it up to me. I instantly, when, we, when you brought it up,
0: that was something y'all were looking at. I was like, oh my gosh, this is, let's talk about this a little bit. And I knew immediately it'd be something to be great for this podcast. Thank you for making time. I know how busy you are and I will look forward to our next wine outing. So Absolutely. thanks a bunch, Andrea. appreciate it. Great to be with you thanks today. For joining. Thank you. Thank you all for joining us today for Be a Wave Maker Conversations on Change. I hope you learned something new that you can take back and use. Please subscribe as we'll have more Conversations on Change coming very soon. Have a great week.